You may be seated. I got a little word in my heart um, as I was, uh, I don't know exactly sure when it came to me, but I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6. This will help you today. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit about the goodness of God. God is good and He only does good things. Amen? So when bad things happen, what you need to make sure you do is you stay on God's side. Uh, sometimes things understand, uh, that, that happen that we don't quite understand, but we know at the end of the day that God is always good all the time. Amen? Uh, now in Galatians chapter 6, how many of you are believing God for a harvest in your life? Amen? In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. But whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Of course, we understand the inevitable law of sowing and reaping does not just have to do with the material area, but it has to do with several areas in our lives. See, what are we sowing in our lives? For whatever a man sows continuously, that will he also reap. You know, if you sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. If you sow the love of God, you're going to reap the love of God. But if you, show, if you sow kind of a critical, carnal attitude about everything and everyone, that's what you're going to reap in your lives. So it's very important then that we look at our lives and we examine them from time to time and ask ourselves, what kind of seeds have we been sowing? All right? Now notice with me in the next verse. Uh, For he that soweth... Uh, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. So what this is saying to us today is this. If you are sowing good seeds, you are doing well. If you're sowing kindness, you're doing well. If you're being the kind of husband that God wants you to be, and loving your wife as Christ loves the church, you're sowing good seeds. And you're doing well. Amen? Amen. Now, wives, if you're reverencing your husband and you're admiring him and honoring him and <laughs> deferring him and, and, uh, and all those wonderful things, you're doing well. You're doing well. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Do you want to do well in life? Yes. Okay. Now, in uh, verse, verse 9 again. So let us not be weary in well-doing. So what the devil wants you to do is between the time you've sown and you've reaped a harvest, he wants to get you weary, okay? Looking at the circumstances, getting you weary, and wearing you out. It is Satan's end-time tactic to wear out the saints of the Most High God, right? We know that he comes down with great fury because he is aware of the fact that his time is short. His lease is running out. So what he does is he brings all sorts of pictures and all sorts of uh, scenarios to your mind of what could happen and what could, you know, what could not happen, those types of things. And if you listen to him and if you look at his photographs long enough and you watch his videos, you'll get weary. Okay? So we're commanded by the Lord, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. He is, in fact, the Lord of the harvest. Amen? Amen? You have a harvest coming. Well, but pastor, you know, I've been, I've been sowing wrong seeds. Pray for crop failure. I'm serious. Well, how do you do that? First of all, you repent. And you just say, Lord, you know, forgive me for words I've spoken, you know, deeds I've done. Just, 
I, I just put it under the blood of Jesus, ask you to forgive me, wash me clean. And I'm praying for crop failure. And from this day on, I'm going to speak only that which is line, lines up with your word. I'm going to sow good seeds. I'm not going to be a strifer, but I'm going to sow seeds of love. I'm not going to be a backbiter or a gossiper or a talebearer. Amen? I'm going to believe the best of every person. I'm going to walk in the love of God. And as for me and my house, we are strife-free and we are love-filled. All right. So in verse 9 again, let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, for in due season, we shall reap. Say this with me. I shall reap in due season. Now, did you notice that there is a condition on that? There's a word if there. If we faint not. I shall reap if I faint not. Okay, so that's, that's a, a really, really important statement there. Um, being faint is being weak. Okay? And being weak is something that can deplete you and keep you out of ever receiving your harvest. So we want to make sure then that our spirits remain strong and that we don't allow ourselves to become weakened by circumstances, weakened by our lot in life. In Proverbs 18, I believe it's verse 14, you don't need to look at that, but it says this, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in the midst of infirmity. Now, what does that mean? That means when you are strong in the Lord, the power of His might, and your spirit man is strong, whatever is going on on the outside of you, whatever looks like your inability to produce results, you will be sustained right in the middle of that. God will sustain you. God will keep you from being faint. Amen. So that you can reap your harvest. But the key, one of the major keys there is to keep your spirit strong. Keep your spirit strong. Well, of course, we keep our spirit strong several ways. Your spirit needs spiritual food, does it not? Man not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God says that it is able to build us up. Okay? So when you're, you're built up, that means you're strong. That means you're not faint. Now, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. That's from the book of Acts. So, the word will strengthen us. How many of you know that worship and praying in the Spirit will strengthen you? In Jude 20, he says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, praying in the Spirit of God, Worshiping God will keep your heart from growing faint. Amen. It'll keep you happy on the inside because you've got inside information that you know that harvest time is coming. It won't be long till manifestation shows up at my door. It won't be long before the bodies lined up with the word. Won't be long before all the bills are paid. Come on. Won't be long before our children come to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. So it is the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in their infirmity. Turn over to uh, Isaiah chapter 40, if you would. Isaiah the 40th chapter. 
I refuse to be weak. I refuse to give in or to give up. I refuse to quit. How about you? In Isaiah chapter 40, um, in verse 29, real familiar verse of scripture, right? Uh, Did I say Ephesians or Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. So he gives power to who? What are we talking about? We're talking about not growing faint-hearted. Because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And he gives power to the faint. So if you've gotten over into that area of life where you are faint, the good news is power is here. Hallelujah. To bring you back to a place of strength. That's awesome. You know, uh, Acts 1 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Right. Amen? That God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's working in us. Amen. Luke says, Behold, I give unto you power. Amen. Everyone say power. power. And so he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Well, how are you doing today, Pastor? Well, I'm increasing in strength. Well, don't you feel a little weak? No. By God's grace, I'm getting stronger and stronger every day. Why? Because the Bible says we're going from strength to strength. Now, everyone say, strengthen me, Lord. With might. By your Holy Spirit. By your power, by the power of God in the inner man. Strengthen me today. Strengthen me, Lord, for the journey ahead. Amen. Did you receive it? So he gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. A lot of talk about increase. I believe in increase. This is one increase you make sure you have. Increased strength. Amen. Matter of fact, we're living in the last of the last days. You do not want to go outside of your home or your apartment or wherever you live without being strengthened. Amen. We're living in, 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 in perilous times. The Bible says we know that. We understand that. And, and, and so we don't want to give the devil an edge. We don't want to give him any place. Like uh, Ephesians says, neither give place to the devil. That word place there is topo, topos in the Greek. And we get our word topographical map from it. And what that is saying is don't give him one inch on the map of your life. For if you do, he will spread his plan just like that fire on Bonanza. Remember that show? Okay. So, you know, just don't, you don't want to give him any place. You, you know, you don't want to help that turkey out. Right? Okay. So he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he, in, he increaseth strength. Now it says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even the youths. So really, this, this doesn't really have to do with your age. I mean, this doesn't have to do whether you're in your teens or whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. I believe this, that God will renew your youth like an eagle. But he'll do it through the strength and the power that he's made available to us. So the mere fact that he says this, that even the youth shall faint, 
It, it, this is not a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But, thank God, that's in there. Amen. But, everyone say, but. but. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. They that take time feeding on his faithfulness. They that lay before the Lord and and just wait and just behold him. They that think the thoughts of God. They that are not in such a hurry, but they that wait upon the Lord. They that have uh, communion with him, they that have a heart-to-heart fellowship with him, they that wait upon the Lord, what shall they do? They, sh- they shall renew their strength. Does your strength need to be renewed? Absolutely it does. My strength needs to be renewed every day. Every day. Now, interesting word there, renew. The word renew there means exchange. So they that wait upon the Lord shall renew or exchange their strength. Well, what shall they exchange their strength for? They shall exchange their strength for his strength. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, that's a big difference, isn't it? So they that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They shall be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. The strong spirit of a man will sustain their infirmity. They shall mount up. With wings as eagles. They'll not stick around the barnyard scratching out a living like a chicken. But they'll mount up with wings as an eagle. And here's what what, what can happen in your life. They shall run. And not be weary. Come on now. How many of you know we're in a race? They shall run. They shall run. You can't run with weights on your ankles. Not the way you ought to run. You can't run being beset by sin. You can't run when you're weary and when you're faint. Anybody ever tried to go out and do a run when you were battling flu symptoms? Or to go work out when you didn't feel real strong? I mean, it's difficult. It's tough. But the Bible says that you guys and I, we're in a race. We're in a race. And our eyes are on Him. We're carrying the torch of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we wait upon the Lord, the Bible says we'll be able to run our race. And while we're running, we won't be weary. Or we won't be faint. But what will we be? Say it with me. We will be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And they shall walk and not what? Walk and not faith. Beautiful analogies here today. Run, run in your race. Walk, not faint. We walk by faith and not by sight. As long as we're walking by faith and not by sight, we won't be weary and we won't be faith. So the walk of faith then was never designed for you and I to do in our own strength. This walk of faith was never designated by the Lord to be something's difficult. Believe in God is easy. 
Amen? Amen. After all, that's what you are. You're a believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to our text for this morning. Let's go over to Psalm 27. Psalms 27. Good reminders today. Amen. Psalm 27, and and, uh, notice with me in verse 13. The end of Isaiah 40 says, We'll walk and not faint, we'll run, not be weary, right? Okay? Now notice this. The psalmist, he said, Now I would have fainted. I would have fainted. Unless I believed... To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, right here where I live, it would have knocked me out. I would have never made it unless I'd walked by faith. Unless I'd walked by faith and not by sight. So what he's saying is this. He said, I had the opportunity to be faint, but I chose to believe God. And you'll have the opportunity to be faint-hearted, but you can make a choice every day to believe God, to believe His Word, and to say what His Word says, and then to act on His Word. David said, I would have fainted. How about you? I can think of numerous times that I would have never made it without the goodness of God. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you believing to see God's goodness in any area of your life? Are you really? Are you expecting a good God to do good things and to do great things in your life? Are you expecting your harvest to show up at any time? Thank you, Lord. Well, since that's true, you know what? You're in really good shape. Hallelujah. And so say it with me, no more, no more faint in here. So what this is saying to us today then is that we can actively choose and actively believe and expect good things to happen now in this life, in the here and the now. Many good things are about to happen to you. Oral Roberts coined this saying years ago and religious people got mad at him. He said something good. Something good is going to happen to me today. And, and, and so frame your worlds with the words of faith. Hallelujah. Set yourself up by speaking what I said. And you'll see my goodness shall abound in your life and be all around You'll walk in the goodness of God. You'll be like the psalmist of old who said, Surely goodness <laughs> and mercy is following me all the days of my life. Now, when you hear a message like this, you're responsible to walk in the light of it. Live in an expectancy of good. You know, many people, they expect the worst. They'll say things like, well, you know, when it rains, it pours. I told you so. I told you the washer was going to go out. I just knew the dryer was going to go out. 
You know, when we got back from Lima, our washer went out. You know, we were tired. I was battling symptoms. Brenda was tired. We were both tired. But we didn't sit down in the living room and cry all day. We loaded up the laundry and went to the laundromat. I felt like the leader of the laundromat for about a half hour. <laughs> you know? Well, but you know, pastor, stuff just happens. Stuff just happens. Here's, here's another one. You got to take the good with the bad. Let me ask you a question. Where is that? Give me some verses on that one. Well, after all, it's one step forward and two steps back. Stop yielding to that darkness. Pretty much people in their life are just expecting the norm. They live a life of a low level of expectation. But oh God, he's got an ocean of goodness that he wants to flow toward you. An ocean of goodness flowing toward you. Matter of fact, he delights, the Bible says, in mercy. He delights in showing goodness to his people. Got a question for you. What could God do in your life if you would expect to see the goodness of God? What could God do in your body? What could God do in your family? I believe we ought to get excited. The one thing about God is, is he responds to faith. And he responds to expectation. He doesn't respond to doubt, doesn't respond to unbelief. Um, look, let's look over at Hebrews chapter 4, just for a minute. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And then we will tell you, well, things will never change. Things are always going to be the same. I'll just tell that turkey to shut up. You shut your big fat mouth for a while, will you? This is how it's going to be around here. You just go, don't even wait in the car, just leave the house. Amen? Hebrews chapter 4. In verse 14 it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Everyone say, he's my great high priest. His name is Jesus, amen? He's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, or let us hold fast our confession. There are certain truths that must be held fast to. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. How many of you know that the Lord knows everything you're feeling? He knows everything that you're going through. And in any situation, He's there, He loves you. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. But what moves him is your faith. He sees what you're going through. But he's waiting for you to call unto him. To come boldly to the throne of grace. To come based upon your covenant. And not arrogantly and not, not full of pride. 
but with the word saying, Lord, you said this in your word. And I want you to know that I'm trusting you. And I believe what your word says. And I'm expecting to see your goodness in this area of my life show up. He's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. But if you want to really move him and get him operating and working strong in your behalf, you believe him. And you declare what his word has says. Turn with me to Psalm 31. Psalm 31 verse 19. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what, God is for you. He's, he's for you. He's on your side, man. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Man, he is watching over his word to perform it in your life. Say with me, God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? I like to say it like this. Well, since God's for me, what difference does it make that what comes against me? You know, it could be death or life, principality, power, things present, things to come. Nothing's ever going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back down. I'm more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Now notice, through him that loves you. Amen. Psalm 31, verse 19. Man, I'm glad God's on my side. Whoo, man. I'm glad he's for me. I'm glad he's got every hair of my head numbered. Psalm 31, 19. Now notice this. He said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you've laid up for them that fear you, or reverence you, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. I like the NIV says, How abundant are the good things. That you have stored up for those who fear you or reverence you. That you bestow in the sight of all or those who take refuge in you. So what is this saying? He's saying this, that God has stockpiled goodness and blessing for you. Hallelujah. One writer said it like this. God has a storehouse of goodness and glory, a favor put up, stored up for you. He went on to say this, the goodness is that attribute of God that he loves to give to all who can and will receive it. Yeah. Say it with me, to all that can, all can. And, will and will receive it. Receive. Well, I don't know whether I can or not. You're wrong. You can do all things. Yeah. You can believe God. You can trust him. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. F.F. Bosworth. Listen to this. One writer said it this way. There is no limit to his giving except in our capacity to receive it. So what needs to happen? I know what needs to happen in my life. I need some enlargement going on. I need some enlargement going on. Because I've got to be in a position to receive what he's got for me. Okay, It's not a question of him holding back. It's a question of, am I able to receive it? Right? You get that? Now, F.F. Bosworth, how many of you ever heard of him? 
wrote a great book called Christ the Healer. I uh, highly recommend Christ the Healer. Um, Dad Hagen said that he wore out several copies of Christ the Healer when it was a hard copy. As he would travel through the United States, he would stay up reading, you know, oftentimes through the night. And he said he wore out several, several copies of Christ the Healer. It's a great book. But here's what, what Bosworth said, and I think it fits here. He said, benevolence or goodness is that great attribute of God. Therefore, if you want to please him, and how many of you want to please him? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Therefore, if you want to please him, remove all of the obstacles out of the way of the exercise of his goodness. Okay? So what this tells us then is that there can be obstacles. God is looking for receivers. If it's good, God wants you to have it. Now, in the next service, because I'm out of time right now, but in the next service, I'm going to talk about one of the major obstacles that stands in the way of us. And I'll include me in this. Of us receiving, receiving more. Let's see, God's a God of more. Yes, he is. The Bible says that he will increase you mucho y mucho. More and more. We serve a God of more. But there are things that we must have in place in our lives, obstacles that need to be removed. Come on. Now listen. To qualify. To qualify for more. And I'm going to talk about that and I'm going to give you just a little bit of what it is. You ready? All right. Turn with me to Proverbs 28 and verse 20. I wish I had another half hour. Proverbs 28 verse 20. One great obstacle in the body of Christ is faithlessness. A lack of being faithful is a huge obstacle that must be removed to receive from God. Okay? Read that with me. Proverbs 28, 20. Ready, read. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Let me just read a couple of translations and give you just a little food for thought before we go today. One translation says this, A steadfast man will have multiplied blessings. The NIV says that a faithful person will be richly blessed. How many of you want to be richly blessed? I mean, we're blessed, right? We have blessings in our lives, but there's more. There's more. And I'm not necessarily talking about materially more, but there's more of that too. I mean, as long as there's God on the throne, which will ever be, there's always more. <laughs> the easy to read translation says this. People who can be trusted will have many blessings. But those who are just trying to get rich in a hurry will be punished. Beware 
of the one big deal. The lotto mentality. Beware of Christians that come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they want your money. I have a deal that's going to set you for life. That's not how God works. The Jewish translation says this, A trustworthy person will receive many blessings, but one rushing to get rich will not go unpunished. Say this with me. The blessing blessing part part is his part. part. The faithfulness part part is my part. See, we want to spend too much time focusing on His part. What we should be doing is focusing on our part. Because God never messes up on His part. As surely as Jesus is alive and God's on the throne, He will always do His part. Many simply just don't qualify for more because they haven't been faithful what they've already been given. Many just don't qualify. So I have to ask myself a question. As I ask you the same question, are we being faithful? Are we being faithful? I'm not talking about keeping the law here. I'm talking about, are we faithful with what he's already given us? Listen, it's not about you and I crying and pushing and demanding to get to another level of increase and blessing. We need to stop all that. We need to declare it, but it's about qualifying. How many of you know that God can move billions without picking up the phone? Come on. There's no shortage of ability on his side. But where there is a shortage, of, there's a shortage of faithful people. But I believe that that is not the case here at Heart of the Bay. That we're making heart commitments. And we're turning our lives toward Him. And we're going to stay strong in these last days. And be faithful with whatever God's given us. Just got into the surface of it. If you want more on that, come to the next service. Let's stand to our feet. Amen.